Good morning and welcome to the Haley's Comet Breakfast Podcast, the podcast associated with the most fun and most awesome 80s themed coffee shop in The Hague. Hey, hey, welcome back. This is Britt. I'm the owner of Haley's Comet and possibly Liana's new best friend, although she might not realize yet. Welcome. Okay, well, this is great news to start with. My name is Liana. I'm a longtime Haley's fan and second time podcaster. And apparently, I have a new best friend. Woo! Yay! First of all, we really want to thank you for uh, for listening and responding so enthusiastically. Britt, tell me a little bit about the reactions that you got. So I got a lot of regulars um, that were so happy that the podcast is in English. Yes, was a good call. So that's a good call. Um, people now do not want to watch The Breakfast Club anymore. <laughs> oh no, we turned them off of it. I did, I think, because I said it's boring. Um, so I'm sorry. Uh, this week we picked something else and I asked all of your help to pick us, uh, help us pick a movie. And may I just say, you have great taste. Yes, and I got a lot of really enthusiastic response too. Quite a few people who might also want to be a guest on our podcast. So that's going to be fun. But for today, it's just you and me. And we're just going to dive into a little bit of Haley's The Movie. And of course, we have our 80s song of the podcast. So we talked about this a little bit before the podcast, but you told me that there's actually a new expo coming up. So there is. Um, I tried to get local artists or artists that are starting out to have an exposition here because I have this great space, a lot of white walls that I want to fill with art from now that does fit the theme a little bit. So yes. it can be super abstract, it could be illustrative, it could be anything in between. And this time uh, a guy walked in and he said, whoa, this looks amazing. My brother told me about your cafe and I'm an artist. I live in The Hague. And he showed me his art, mostly on Instagram at that point, and it was sort of graffiti-inspired, huge murals, installation art, wooden pieces. And I nice. said, well, that's amazing. I have this tiny wall for you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, maybe you can make something oriented towards yep. the colors of Haley's that could fit the wall, that could fit my tiny hooks. Yep. And he said, will do, no problem. <gasps> and I was like, this guy is going to be a wild card. That's it's gonna so be fun. It's going to be out of the blue what he brings up, but we had this meeting and this date set and then Corona hit. Oh no. So we postponed a bit, but during Corona, I don't know where he got the time or the energy. He made up his gallery, he put up a, f a complete new website and he went into this entire new way of creating art and he now does acrylic paints on canvas. Whoa. It's Talk about thriving in quarantine. It's insane. This guy just went up like three notches wow. in lockdown. And he came by and he was as nonchalant as ever. <laughs> if there is an opposite oh, no of- no big deal. I just did like a hundred and thousand things while you were all crying and being stressed out about Corona. No big deal. But exactly that. <laughs> if there's an opposite of being arrogant, but being laid back yeah. yet confident, this guy is it. Oh, I love that. His name is Niels. His mm -hmm. artist name is Enway. Enway? W-A-Y. If you look him up, you'll be amazed also, I think. And now he has this line of artwork, acrylic paint, as I said, of abstract art. And it, it goes from golden paint splashed onto the canvas to purple hues into orange. It's basically everything that I dream of owning one day. Oh, I'm so, so excited. Y'all need to come over for more coffee so I can afford one of his pieces. Yes, okay. Well, you, you, heard, you heard the woman. This is something that we just need to do. So when exactly is the release date or the, the opening of your exposition? So we're starting beginning of September. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the first Sunday of September. 
Um, so you all can come by anytime in the two months after that to look Perfect. at his art or to talk to the artist. So he's just gonna like sit in the little cage next to the artwork so because we of can Corona. Poke him yes. And talk to him. Yeah. Okay. No poking. <laughs> oh damn it. That's not Corona proof. <laughs> That's true. No poking. No poking. Beyond okay. Okay. Maybe a stick. Oh, with a, can I poke him with a stick? Oh, then I'm fine. Then I'll get great. you a stick. Okay. Perfect. Um, so yeah, you can come talk to him, meet him, ask him questions about his art. Yay! That's gonna be so fun. Then I think it's time to move into the movie. Yeah, so we decided we should watch a dance movie. Yes. Because, you know, heat wave, lockdown, everything is too serious already. Yes. Uh, we decided to watch a dance movie. So there's, of course, four big ones. Yes. So there's Footloose. Fame. Footloose. Sorry, 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 getting sidetracked. Okay, um, Flashdance. And then there was... Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. So that's all four of them. We asked you which one you would prefer or is your favorite. And it was pretty clear. It was pretty clear. I think it was like like 50% of the votes. I think so. Of the so. total votes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which For which I thank you. Because I watched it last night and I had a marvelous time. Thanks Me to too. you guys. Mm -hmm. So we watched Dirty Dancing. Okay. Yes, we watched Dirty Dancing. It's not together because that's not Corona proof. No, still not Corona proof. So we watched it separately. It is on Netflix, which is very easy. So easy. And may I just say that one of the things that I love about 80s movies is that they're not fucking three hours long. No, they're not. I this could was just... an hour and 40 minutes and I had the best time in one hour and 40 minutes. And I think all movies should be one hour and 40 minutes. Did you? Did you have the time of your life? I did have the time of my life. Was hey, it me? That's good. That, was yeah. it all because of yeah, me? Yeah, it was all because of you. I never felt this way before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're corny. Yes, we, we stop are. This. Yes, it's, we are. It's a little But you know what? Guys. Yeah. For dirty, like dirty dancing, you get to be corny. I think so true. I thought yeah. it would be cornier, actually. Yeah. Turns out, like I watched this movie for the first time when I was like, you know, just becoming a teenager. So I have a lot of feelings about Patrick Swayze in a black, really tight pants. I have a lot of feelings, and I think like there is an entire generation of women who have basically been awakened to whatever they might feel inside due to this movie. So. I maybe could have known I was a lesbian when I watched this movie because I had zero feelings for Patrick Swayze. It might have been a first inkling, yes. Could have yeah. been. Could have been. Could yeah. have been. I've seen it probably 20 times. Same. I've seen it like maybe like once every year for like a good long while, but I think the last time that I watched it before last night must have been like at least like three or four, maybe five years ago. So there was a lot of things that I had kind of forgotten about. And it turns out like it's a beautiful romantic story. It's just like you can you can just watch it and look at the, the love story between uh, Johnny and um, Baby. It can just be a teenage rom-com. Exactly. It can just be a coming of age romance. But it turns out it's actually a lot more like complex than that this movie there's a lot of things actually going on in this story that make it so much more than just that romantic story of two people from different classes who fall in love that's what i noticed now because before, yeah me too what i would do i don't know if you guys have seen the show new girl which yes. i love oh, uh, my, god. oh my god i know exactly what you're talking about so she wallows she yeah. cries for a day maybe three when yeah. she has a breakup or something <gasps> bad happens and she watches this freaking movie yeah. in the house with her roommates yes. 16 times in a row and cries and watches <laughs> this. And I always felt that this was the perfect movie for that. Yeah. For just having like this rom-com in the background that you know by heart and yeah. it's good music and it's nice, cute people. And you just watch it and go, aww. And yeah. now I watched it, watched it instead of like the Jess Wallowing way mm -hmm. watched it. And it blew my mind. Right? So basically what happens is you follow 
a family like a pretty privileged like upper class family where the father is a doctor um, they go vacationing somewhere in like a resort like old school entire family goes there yes they're in this little bungalow well not little but they're in a bungalow and then there's this entire park basically where there's dance lessons there's theater there's sporting events there's golf there's all these different things and basically you meet baby and baby is played by jennifer gray so she is um she's a pretty um feminist person if I, you really look at it i noticed because yeah. in this movie they sort of kick off into meeting the people that work at the resort yes. and the family and you immediately see that the owner of this resort hires all these harvard and yale boys yes that can hit on the daughters yeah. to get extra tips show them a good time quote unquote which this was the most dark thing i've ever heard a middle-aged man say to a bunch of harvard graduates i was just like Ugh, that is so creepy and the grandson is also pretty creepy because yes. he feels super entitled is oh. the manager of the holiday resort and he thinks he's hot shit to bomb.com yes it's yeah. horrible yeah and he's just like the opposite of hot shit and so he takes an interest in baby as the family sort of like comes there and it turns out that the father operated on the owner some time ago or whatever so there there's like a good relationship between them and um uh, baby doesn't really care about any of that it seems and at one point, um, basically, they, they hang out with the, with the owner and with Neil, which is the icky grandson, nephew, whatever it was. So he's the grandson. And oh, yeah. immediately you get kicked off into the feminism of baby, I think. Yeah. Because he asks, oh, you're going to college. You must be majoring in English. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I noticed that, too. And she was just like, no, 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 no. Economics for under, under developed countries, or was it? Exactly. Under, yeah, something like She's that. She's like... No, bitch, I'm gonna save the world. <laughs> but in like cute terms, because she's yes. still cute at this yes, part of the movie. Yes, of course, of course. Because he, um, he takes an interest in her, and at that part, it's not that creepy yet, but you can already tell that he's sort of like, it, it's actually the first pivotal scene where he's standing next to his grandfather and he looks at baby like after um, they, they're introduced, and he just gets this weird smirk on his face. Like, like, I know you're gonna be interested in me. And it's just a very weird, facial expressions to see and I'm just like no 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 let's turn that down a notch yeah so in every movie you have this person that you love to hate yes and it's necessary yeah it's in Disney movies this is how our brains are grown you need yeah. to hate someone in a movie of course there so, needs to be an antagonist this smirk but turns out he's not the worst antagonist he's not he's not he's not there's actually quite a few if you really think about it they're all dressed up in Harvard boy outfits yes so this is a pretty good lesson to start with in the movie yeah. Don't trust Harvard boys. <laughs> Luckily, there are almost none, I would in, say, in, in the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, we don't really have any Harvard boys, so I think we're safe. But, you Pretty know, safe. watch out for the Vindicat boys in Groningen, I would say. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, um, so there, um, there's this, like, party night, and they're dancing, and all of a sudden, there's a change in music, and this beautiful woman and this beautiful man come onto the dance floor. And it's Penny and Johnny, and they start dancing. And... Baby is mesmerized. She just she stops dancing with the creepy grandson, and she's just like looking. And Johnny is like all his moves. And it turns out that um, for this movie, they actually wanted real dancers, so not people who can dance, just not people who dance, but actual dancers, because you can tell that there's a difference. You can technically dance, or you can be a dancer. And um, actually, Patrick Swayze was such a good dancer that he had to make it a little bit more dirty, kind of like more uh, rough around the edges. 
um, in order to also make it seem like Johnny is a working class, uh, lower class uh, person. Um, so he had to make it a little bit more grimy. And that's when you basically start like seeing the um, baby's interest. And that's something that I think also like really um, further strengthens the idea that she's like in control, she's autonomous, and she's just not like pulled like through all these different... In a lot of movies, the, the girl's kind of like pulled around by all the motives of the men. And this is very clear from the beginning. She's interested and fascinated by Johnny and also by the entire like culture that's there with like the working staff. And so she takes, she takes an interest in them and she acts upon that, which also is very feminist. She decides kind of, yeah. And um, I don't really remember how it happens, but it, eventually she hangs out with the cousin, Johnny's cousin, and um, uh, she ends up at a party after. Yeah, so the movie is been going on for, has been going on for 15 minutes. Yeah. Like actually yeah. 15 minutes. So. And they make the title so clear. Yeah. It's Dirty Dancing. Oh, hell yeah. And where she is interested <laughs> in this beginning dance of Penny and Johnny, at this part, I was, I was like, I need to become a dancer. Yes. Why don't we dance like this? Yeah, I know. Yeah. If this movie took place in 1963, as they said, yeah. and it was shot in the 80s already, yeah. Yeah. why are we not dancing like this in clubs? Or maybe, guys, tell me, am I going to the wrong clubs? I don't know. I don't think I've ever been able to dance like that. Okay, I don't think I'll be able to dance like that either, but just don't blow the dream right now. No, sorry. So, I think that for everyone who watches this movie like and sees this part, they're like, why don't I ever go to a party like that and where can I find a party like that? Because exactly. it's just so sexy and fun and and, and, blah, and and I think every girl ever, and I don't think orientation matters in that sense, but every girl ever has... Like, if you look at the scene where Johnny teaches her to dance, you just feel it. You feel the awkwardness and the excitement that, like, and you, you can basically just, like, imagine yourself, like, being so awkward and nervous, but also, like, interested and in trying to learn the dance. It's a very uh, pivotal scene, I think, that a lot of people can recognize in terms of what you feel in that, in that way. I think we've all had this moment that there's a sort of a maybe subculture or group that you want yeah. to belong to, yeah. but you're not in it, and you feel like this tiny girl. Yeah. Or tiny boy. Yeah. I don't know who's listening. Yeah. But you just feel out of your league and someone teases you into doing something yeah. you're so unfamiliar with. They get it across so well. Yeah. It's, and that's already when you know that this is a brilliant movie. Yeah. It's um, it's very strong in that sense. So I talked to um, uh, Rosanna uh, today. Um, she's a feminist from Leiden. Actually, she's oh, anyway. She's moving. Um, Rosanna is. Um, she actually DM'd me after I uh, announced the podcast and that we wanted guests. Maybe uh, that she really had a lot of opinions and a lot of thoughts about dirty dancing, and so I was very interested in those. And basically, she she told me that another reason why this movie is more interesting than maybe you can see like at first is that um, there's not really competing between women. Because Baby is very, uh, um, she's envious in the most beautiful, pure sense. She's not like, um, you have something that I have and therefore I hate you and you don't deserve that thing because I want it. She's, wow, that is so amazing. I wish I could have something like that without actually taking away from, from Penny. Penny, however, is still not having it because Penny is a bit down on her luck. And so as the movie progresses a little bit, you find out that... Um, uh, Penny, unfortunately, has been knocked up. And 
What, do you remember when we find out who the father is? Is that a little bit later? Pretty soon, because... Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. She finds out uh, from uh, the cousin of Johnny and yeah. they're talking together and yeah. she comes up to them and is invited into the house. Yeah. No one really knows why, I think. No, but she's there. They yeah. don't want her there, but she's there and she finds out that it's Robbie's. And Robbie is one of the Harvard boys working yeah. there. Ugh. That is also wooing yeah, baby her sister. sister. What's also really sweet kind of is that baby's pretty idealistic and optimistic, kind of naive in some ways. Because as soon as she says, as Penny says, it's Robbie's, she just goes, oh, but you, you got you to gotta tell him. And because she wants to get an abortion, um, but that's it costs a lot of money and it's difficult and whatever. And baby just sort of like automatically goes, well, well if you tell him, I'm sure it's going to be all right. And then Penny says, he knows, which is also like the, one of the biggest lessons that we can learn from Penny about men, kind of, that shit like this goes down. It can go down like this. Men are not always the gentlemen that we'd like them to be. Kind and of. this still happens. This happens plenty of times still. And Penny um, is in trouble. As you, that was the euphemistic way of saying that when you were uh, back in the day. And um, baby wants to fix things. So she goes to her dad and asks her dad for the money that Penny would need for the abortion. She gets the money, but she's sort of like has to lie a little bit because you have to remember when this movie the movie took place after Roe versus Wade which is like the big like the big thing in in the US uh, surrounding abortion laws and that the woman has a right to her own body but the movie setting takes place quite a bit before that so this was quite a controversial thing to be talking about in a romance story kind of and it's also really interesting that the um, there was a talk about a sponsor, the makers of Clearasil, so the acne, uh, acne cream and stuff. Uh, it's a different name. The, the mother company has a different name. But they wanted to sort of like um, fund the movie for a bit for like um, uh, yeah, promotion purposes. But then they found out that there's like a huge subplot, and it's so huge that you can hardly call it a subplot surrounding abortion. So they pulled out. But the uh, director, um, Eleanor something... I have to get back to that. On, uh, have to get back to that. Oh yeah, Eleanor Bergstein, that was it. Um, she actually did this brilliantly because it's so intertwined with the whole story that you can never cut it out. The, the story does not make sense if Penny does not need the abortion. No, it doesn't. So it's really beautifully done that you can't cut this because there's a lot like um, in China and Russia, it still happens that there's movies where they cut out the LGBT themed or like um, other sort of more um, themes that aren't as accepted there as they are here. Uh, but for this movie, you could never, you could never do that. So she gets the money, but then there's another problem. On Thursday, they always have to dance at the hotel. That, yeah, the name escapes me. But it's to show that Johnny and Penny always do. They always have to go to do the show. And unfortunately, that's the only time um, uh, the doctor can perform the operation. Obviously. And this always happens, right? In a yes. movie, there's something that cannot oh, no. be overcome. The easy what way. What will we do? It's exactly that. And yes. you hear this happening and you go... Oh no, this movie's gonna go down the drain from here. Yes. That's what I thought. The yeah. first time I saw it, I was like, oh, it's an old movie from the 80s. They're gonna go like the easy way, mm. and it's gonna go bad, and then it's gonna go right, and then they fall in love. Mm. So, yes, this happens. Kind but of. also, no, it doesn't feel that way. Exactly. It's, it really, 
it's, it's quite, very organic. Yeah, it's the only thing that's not organic is sort of the transformation yeah. from baby being this cute 18 year old, not yet in college, big blue eyes into this vamp coming down the stairs. You must remember this scene when she finally starts dancing because this is of course the big mm -hmm. solution. She will be Johnny's dance partner yeah, at course. this big event in a week and a it's half. It's the only thing that we can do. Obviously, there's <laughs> no one else that can make it. So this 18 year old girl that has never danced in her life yeah. is going to help him out. So they start practicing and then you see this scene and she goes from wearing big sweaters in the middle of summer to right. dancing down yeah. the stairs in this oh, tiny yeah. crop top, yeah. not wearing a bra, looking amazing and being confident. And this is... <laughs> Sorry. It's just, it's, uh, that scene is so pivotal in that movie where she just like comes down in her shorts and her it's, bikini top and she's like make, putting on makeup and then she does this really diva move to the next to the bridge and then again and she touches her hair and it's... And I think it's really, um, I think it's really well done, even though, of course, it's a bit on the nose. Like, obviously, it's a very, like, she turns, I wouldn't necessarily call it vamp, but there's definitely a coming of age, like, girl to woman thing happening. Exactly. And it's, but it, it's very, um, um, it's, it's still, like, I still believe that it's happening, kind of. You, you know do, what I and mean? you want it to happen. Yes, you do. You would have wanted this in yes, your teenage years. Exactly. Because... Basically, we probably all went from this like cute-looking 12-year-old to this pimply, brace-wearing, <laughs> glass-wearing, don't know what to do with myself, my limbs oh, are too long for yeah. my body face, and it just sort of eases out. Yeah. But no one goes from pimply teenager to great-looking, confident woman dancing yeah. on the floor. So, Unfortunately, that takes time. And we do want this. Yes. It's like watching Queer Eye and thinking every, everything yeah. can be changed in a week. Yeah. You this can just like want. make over my house, make over my, my life, make over my face. You can do everything in a week, but Basically. unfortunately you cannot. Yeah. So you can. But in this movie you can. Yes. Which is still an 80s rom-com. But, the mo isn't but the, it's amazing. Isn't the dance montage so good? They're great dancers. Oh, and the Hungry Eye song is one of my favorite songs of all time. It's so pretty. And it's just so romantic. And I love Patrick Swayze's face. It's just like so severe. And like the jaws are locking when he's upset. And he's just like... And, um, but he's, he's not like... Um, it's a bit classic masculine because he's like quiet. And, and he doesn't really get to his emotions unless he falls in love with you. Which is, uh, as I talked to Rosanna today, that is a pretty 80s trope. Mm -hmm. It's not that much of a thing anymore, but it's a pretty 80s trope. Um, and the scene, which is one of the most like famous scenes where she's um, she's standing next to him or in front of him kind of and he has to like move his hand down her her arm and then sort of like her, her side and she just keeps laughing that's actually not like that in the scripts that happened because Jennifer Grey kept giggling and Patrick Swayze got hella annoyed because he wanted to like sort of like get the scene over with and he's just like and she's just she just keeps giggling and it took forever for them to but it was so um, authentic that they that they kept it in and I think it really does help the chemistry. Speaking of chemistry, um, Jennifer Grey really disliked Patrick Swayze at first because they worked together on the movie Red Dawn before this movie. I don't know shit about Red Dawn so you know google that for yourselves um, but they they acted together and Jennifer Grey really didn't like him but then they sort of like talked and then they did a screen test together and they had so much chemistry they had so much chemistry so immediately it was like okay it has to be Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey 
But as the movie progresses, they sort of got into each other's hair a little bit more, like as the time progresses. So eventually, like every day of shooting, they were kind of like sort of like at odds. And so what they did is they made them watch the screen test again to be like, yo, this is what you were. We need you kind of to get back to that in order for this movie to work. And it worked. They, it got them back into the, into the groove of things. But who could not fall for Patrick Swayze dancing? Oh, I mean, it's just, he would just go, shush, I don't want to hear you talk. Yes. Just dance with me. Yeah, exactly. Just keep your mouth shut and dance and it's all good. Because the man can move his hips. He can. He can move his hips. And talking about the guys, for example, the character of Johnny being very masculine, he comes off as that. And I think that's pretty smart for them yeah. to do because he turns out very sensitive. Exactly. He shows his insecurities and it also came out with the dad, baby's dad is, she's like a, a daddy's girl. Yes, they say is. this the entire yeah. time, the yeah. sister cracks jokes about it. Yeah. And she is, this is clear in the beginning of the movie especially, but it's so nice and refreshing to see a movie where the dad is sort of the active parents. Yeah. He's the one they come to with problems. They want to talk to him and not just about economical stuff. No. Not just about their studies, but about actual personal problems. Yeah. And I loved seeing that because I think in the 80s and maybe even still now, mm. a lot of dads were and are portrayed as sort of distant men that are yeah. present in their lives, but only for the big moments yeah. and not for the in-betweens. Yeah. And I thought it was so nice to see because you hear that this dad has not been on a holiday for eight years no. because he's a doctor, yeah. but still his daughter's appreciate his presence and his opinion so much and I thought that was really nice to see. Very That's also a very feminist viewpoint kind of um, and uh, Rosanna who I talked to today she also said that the reason that um, the director uh, and the writer didn't have to do any like sort of huge concessions in terms of like the story and these types of um, very authentic things because this is loosely based on her story of uh, Eleanor Bergstein um, she was a, a dance instructor at one of the resorts like this um, and her name was also a name of like a famous woman in politics at that uh, at the time um, but she um, um, she could do all these things because they didn't they didn't go the classic um, uh, studio route. This was made by sort of like a very small and independent company because the studios passed uh, passed on this. The studios didn't want to do it, and so because it was a smaller uh, team, a smaller uh, production company, they had a lot more like control and they could keep in the reins. Because when it when you work with a studio, um, you have to do a lot more um, damage, quote unquote, to the um, original story. Um, in order to make it palatable. So that makes so much sense because I thought these themes like abortion and sort of the feminist undertone yep. and men showing their emotions yep. is so new. And again, in the 80s, yep. like we talked about in the Breakfast Club, it just breaks down barriers. Yeah. And this movie did that. Absolutely. And I think every dance movie that was ever made after that did not shatter as many ceilings no, no. or did groundbreaking things. No. And you saying that it was a smaller production yeah. makes so much yeah, sense. Right? It's the only way. And a woman director and a woman writer. Nice. Yeah, so, you know, it's just um, oh no, a woman producer and writer, and then they got a, a director later. So for the first part, and for the most part, it has been, like, at the hand, in the hands of women, this particular movie. But even apart from, like, the clear, um, at least as you watch it now, and I also think that the scene... Um, between baby and her father is so strong after like everything has gone wrong so 
uh, basically what happened is the, uh, the abortion goes south basically um, because the doctor is just a hack um, and baby has to baby keeps on doing things in order to help others which is so good um, and it doesn't matter what kind of consequence it has for her personally like uh, it affects her relationship with her dad um, but she, she she gets her father involved because her father helps can help Penny um, Johnny gets fired because he doesn't want to sleep with uh, one of the rich women that he used to sleep with um, and so baby gives yeah when he's, he's fired because she makes up a rumor about him stealing baby comes forward and she's like no he couldn't have done it because he was with me because we were sleeping together and she does all these things because they're right even though they cost her she still does these things and um, I'm getting sidetracked because I had another point that I wanted to make um, oh yeah so eventually like everything's gone wrong or at least um, uh, baby has done some things that her father disapproves of and there's this beautiful scene where her father is sitting at the dock uh, in his in his sort of like autumn coat and she walks up to him and she's basically just like okay dad I'm sorry that I've disappointed you I'm sorry that I hurt you but you've got to understand that um, you taught me to do the right things uh, and that's what I've been trying to do but apparently you mean do the right things for people that are like you and um, she cries but he also gets emotional She's sorry and she cries and she loves him and she asks him basically to love everything of her. Like, if you love me, you've also got to love the parts that you don't necessarily agree with. And the father gets emotional too. And I think that that's such a strong thing also to happen, especially for such an old movie um, where maybe emotions... Were, they, they, it really like pushes the envelope, I think, in that regard. I think so too, because earlier in the movie, uh, this Harvard kid, Robbie, um, that has knocked up Penny yeah. also says some people count and some <gasps> people don't. Yes. And Ugh. here and the gross grandson sort of says the same thing throughout the movie that there's differences. There's he, the do, he does it more implicitly. I feel like the gross grandson is the implicit bad guy and Robbie is the explicit bad guy because True. Neil is everything that is a lot of the things that are wrong with boys at some points and so is Robbie but Rob with Robbie it's more like it's not as veiled as it is with with Neil and um, because Robbie is just he he hands her this book by Ayn Rand I'm totally butchering the pronunciation I'm so sorry but it's basically this philosopher um, who fled communist Russia and then lived in the US and she wrote The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged and basically, if you want to know that a guy is kind of like a shithead and maybe not really great, they're usually a big fan of these books. Yeah, look for these books in our like, bookcase and ask them what they think of it. Yes, and leave. Don't fuck them. That's if up that, to if, you. If that was your plan, well, yeah, okay. If you still want to fuck fascist, no, I'm kidding. It's not that bad. Or at least I don't know how bad it is because I haven't read them myself. But my sources tell me um, that it's um, the book. It's very like um, I'm the genius, and everyone should like bow, and everyone should make way for the individual. And it's very, um, um, it's kind of anarchy, kind of. Like it's 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 not a good sign. It's not a great sign. And no. also to sort of latch on to this, what you just said, don't fuck him. I also wrote down actually that there's no slut shaming in this no. movie. It's amazing because yes. of course they find out Penny is pregnant from a one night stand. That's yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah. Or a short lived romance. Yeah. And never does anyone 
slut shamer, especially not baby. No. She just wants to help. Yeah. She just takes the fact for a fact. She's yeah. pregnant and she doesn't want to be. And also, another reason that this movie is not slut shaming, baby comes on to Johnny. Baby makes all the advances, baby seduces Johnny. Totally. And you can, like, it's really well done because there's the, the scene um, uh, where she, she comes to his door and it's um, uh, beautiful music is playing and she's just like, she, first she has this really awkward, like, declaration of love basically because Johnny has a lot of like issues surrounding the idea that he's like nothing and that he's like um, looked down upon and and that's the case in this particular environment especially and so he says something like um, uh, everyone treats me like I'm nothing and she's just like no no you're everything and I heard that and I was just like Ugh. if I had said that to a boy and maybe I have maybe I have I, I don't remember but I know that afterwards I would feel like, oh God, I've shown all my cards now. Oh no, oh no, abort mission. I can no longer play it cool, oh no. And so it's really cute that, that it's both the awkwardness of that first like really big attraction and affection for someone and the actual like, I want to love you intimately. And she actually makes the moves on that, which also is, I think that's really nice. It just really shows again for a baby's personality for being so autonomous yeah. as a woman. Yeah. She doesn't have to hide her vulnerabilities. I think basically old Brene, Brown, old Brene Brown's books were based on baby, maybe, <laughs> because you know, showing yeah. vulnerability is yeah. not a bad thing. No. It's, a, it's a strength. Yeah. And in the beginning, when they decide that she should dance mm -hmm. the upcoming Thursday, Johnny basically says, you can't do it. And she can't do it. Yeah. And, and the she, look on her face. Oh. It's fire. She's like, bitch, I'm going to show you. Excuse you. Yeah. And she doesn't tell him that. She just does it. Yeah. She's which like, is perfect. Yeah. And it's the same with, um, she's also not like um, meek when it comes to, uh, because if I, like there's also this scene where they're practicing a lot and Johnny's very, bup, 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 gotta do this. Blah, blah, blah. And apparently she does something wrong, as you do when you're practicing on stuff. Um, and he just sort of like, are you trying to kill me? And he, she's just like, no, I, and she just goes off on this tangent. She's like, yeah, no, I'm trying to save your ass, but what I really want to do is drop you on it. And he sort of like takes it in and he's a bit taken aback, but he's like, he respects it also. The, the, like, the burst out that results from his continuously moody and broody, you got to do this, you got to do that type of way, which I also think is really cool. Yeah, I think it's a great show of how you can be strong, in your femininity exactly it doesn't have to yeah. make way it's not one or the other you don't have to be hard or tough or like a man to be strong and autonomous no, you can do that as, like on your own terms and in your yeah in your most authentic way however feminine or masculine that might be and i think that baby does a really good job of that oh, don't you just love this movie it's such a great movie i'm oh. thinking now that maybe this is when i became a lesbian <laughs> i was like women i love women just, women are superior <laughs> yeah. look at this movie Women are superior. <laughs> I'm sorry to all the boys that listen to this, but watch the movie. Yeah. You'll fall yeah. in love with Baby. Yeah. Definitely. Well, you fell in love with the boy, but that's fine. I did, I did fall in love with Patrick Swayze a little bit, but you know, heterosexuality can be helped. They say. They yes. say, yeah. Oh, well. Well, we can hope. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, mm -mm. Uh, what else did I want to say? Oh, I also, like, we've been talking a lot about, like, the... the like the, the, the serious stuff, you know, about the, the, the feminist undertones and the Roe versus Wade abortion. It's also a very smart thing that the, um, the, the producer and writer did is that 
um, this movie highlights and showcases how horribly a back alley abortion can go wrong. So it was also a very important thing, I feel like, in culture, in pop culture, where it was such a... Sure, it's art, but it's, it was the reality of what was happening before it actually became all right to have an abortion in like actual medical facilities. Um, but despite like putting the, all of that aside, all of these scenes are so iconic. Like, this is your dance space, this is my dance space. Come here, lover boy. No Nobody put baby, baby in, in the corner. corner. <laughs> I say that so often yeah. and some people just don't get it. <gasps> so I have these amazing women in my team mm -hmm. and some of them are now working as a kitchen hand over the summer. Yeah. So these are women between 16 and 18. And I say women because they're hella smart. Mm -hmm. They're hella autonomous. Mm -hmm. They're like tiny babies. Basically. <laughs> I don't know where I get them from, but anyone that doesn't have faith in youth momentarily Please come and talk to these girls yes. because they're great. Awesome. Except when it comes to 80s pop culture. Oh, because I was playing. Kids, yeah. I was playing movie soundtracks all week, and they might have been going insane, but I loved it. Mm -hmm. And at one point, we all start dancing to a Grease song, and someone says, "Oh, I can't believe this is Grease. Let's all dance." So basically, the entire cafe was dancing. It was like a movie. That's so an fun. 80s movie. Yeah. And the kitchen hand, 70 years old, asks. What is this from? <gasps> so every single time I said, no one puts baby in a corner. They had she no probably idea. also had no idea what I was talking about. And they just nod and smile and wave at me. So this is good to know. If you want to know my references, start watching more 80s movies. Absolutely. Because nobody puts baby in a nobody corner. Nobody puts baby in a corner. And it's been, like, it's also been, like, caricatured so many times. It's been in so many movies, like, all these... Com all these like cartoons that have made fun of it. It's just there's so many things in this movie that you've seen like sort of like mocked or, or played, but it's like this was like one of the big, big pop culture things that happened. I feel so when talking about fun things, can we just discuss the talent show at the end of the movie where the <laughs> sister performs? You know what I'm talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. This song will get stuck in your head, and yeah. no, you're not gonna sing it right now. Oh, I was really. <laughs> Okay, do it. No, no, no. I no, no, no. These parents, you gotta give it to them. They're proud of their daughters, yeah. no matter what they it's do. It's very sweet. So she dresses up the sister of yeah. baby in a, as hula, a hula girl, hula outfit, yeah. and she sings a song, and man, she cannot sing. It's pretty awful. Did you know that that actress wrote that song, co-wrote that song? No. Yes, she did. It's been made for that movie. She's only gotten the credits in like 2002, but she actually wrote that song. Did she hide the credits? Like, I don't want to know until I'm married. Like, <laughs> safe and sound, retired, everything, had Until kids. I'm absolutely sure that I'm like married and I have a good job and everything's steady. Only then it can come out that I've written this song. Helped make this song, yeah. It is horrible. It is pretty horrible. And it cracked me up. But it's also, she also plays it really well because it's so awkward. She's off rhythm with the dancing. She makes all these really weird movements and also think it's like, it's all these little details in a movie that really work because in, especially when, um, so Johnny like barges in, he was actually fired, but he's like, nobody puts baby in the corner and he wants to dance. He, he, he wants to do the final dance because at the end of the summer, he always does the final dance and he's going to do the final dance his way with, with baby. baby. Exactly. So they walk up onto the podium, and so everyone kind of stops singing. And the sister is the last one to be clued in and stop singing. So you hear everyone fade out, and then you still hear that like sort of like shrilly voice. You still hear him sing. And the parents are still proud. Like yes. they are 
clapping and waving and proud of yeah. their daughters, both of them. Both of them. And this is good parenting, yes, guys. It's so if you are parents, watch this movie also. Yes. Take example. Because even though the, the older sister is a bit like vain and seems more shallow, she's still kind and she still has a lot of like redeeming qualities and um, she also like exemplifies a lot of things that maybe in other movies would have been mocked and here they're just allowed to exist. She's allowed to care about her beige lipstick and she's allowed to care about a boy who's a shithead. Um, and you know, it's, it, it, I think that that's also pretty, pretty well done. These sisters just coexist. Yes. And eventually they support each other, but yeah. you can see the big differences. And I recognize yeah. this with my brother. He's five years younger. We're opposites, um, but we're there for each other. Yeah. And this is how it works, yeah. I think, between brothers and sisters. Choose you don't have to like each other or like each other's choices, you have to respect each other in yeah. this space. And you you can grow together even though you grow in a way different ways, you know what I mean? So if you still, um, I have a brother too, he's two years younger and we've, we're very alike in, in sense of humor and the way we look, if you see us next to each other, like yeah, those are related, so you can definitely tell. But he's like, he's done, he's more like, he's more economic and he, 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 he likes, uh, 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 he plays sports like that I've never done like I can't do team sports it's just like ugh, I can't do it are you talking about my brother or your brother now oh it's the same mm -hmm. um, but we're um, there's always been like an affection and, and, and respect and I think that that's what you need for siblings and that you can also see that in this movie um, pretty pretty well done and also fun fact I hope that I remember correctly but what happens is these two the actors who play the mom and dad are also in like musical stuff and at some point when they're da when uh, baby and johnny are dancing the mom turns to the dad and she's like i think she gets that from me and the reason that she said it's kind of like an inside joke because both of them um uh, were nominated for a tony i think and the uh, father has won it once but there was also another time where um uh, uh, they're both they both were nominated and she won so she, I think she, it was something like that. Either they, either she has two and he has one, or she won one time when he didn't win. So she's like, I think she gets that from me. <laughs> Which is great. And yeah. I just, again, went back to Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Because the mom from this movie is a grandma in yeah. Gilmore Girls. Yeah. yeah. And this woman has not aged. No. So good example, because I don't think she did plastic surgery. I don't think either. She always looks like herself. Yeah. yeah. And she's an amazing actress, but this woman in... 30 years has just not aged. No, she's beautiful still. She's Maybe they keep her in a freezer in yeah, between takes. something or other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it ends with like the beautiful dance scene and everyone's happy and it's just like very sweet. And it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what the, how the story unfolds between Johnny and Baby because the purpose has been served. Like there's been the big redeeming dance. The, the, the dad acknowledges Johnny um, because at one, he, uh, throughout most of the movie, he thinks that Johnny is the one that knocked up Penny. So he kind of thinks that Johnny is a douchebag, especially considering that Johnny is now involved with his daughter. Um, and he finds out uh, that actually Robbie is the douchebag. And he sort of like goes to Johnny's like, you know, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. And, and it's like a very nice moment also for Johnny, who always feels like he's nothing. And he's acknowledged by someone who he thought would never acknowledge him this way. I thought it was a beautiful scene because yeah. it sort of shows that men can show their emotions, yeah. can show their wrong, yeah. that it is also a strength, yeah. and that 
the class you're in or that you think you're in mm. does not matter. No. You can be a stand-up guy, yeah. a stand-up girl, yeah. anything in between, um, no matter what your social status. And I think that was the goal of the movie, to yeah. show that women are autonomous and that no matter what your class is, you're also the same human beings. Exactly. You're all people. You're all persons who deserve and, yeah, and, deserve and warrant respect and affection. So do we recommend the movie? So I'm gonna um, tell you something. Ooh. Don't tell anyone else. Okay. Um, I cried at the end of the movie. <gasps> yes, you did. I was so happy that mm. I watched it again. I needed this. Yeah, it was a very nice pick me up. Yeah. So unlike the Breakfast Club, where I was a little bored sometimes, mm. just gonna say it again. Breakfast Club is okay. Yeah. It's nice, groundbreaking in its way. Yeah. But this is a classic in every way. It holds the fuck up. It holds up. It holds. And that's why I think it's so... I, f I fl flew through this movie. I watched it, like, completely last night. And, and it's just... It's also... They cut off all the access fed because it's one hour and 40 minutes. So it, the story just keeps progressing and progressing. And it's... Um, yeah, it holds up. That's basically the most important thing to say. And the, oh, the soundtrack is so good. <gasps> so Leonie even texted me in between. Oh, yes. Which is, I guess, sort of against the unspoken rules. That we that's cannot true. discuss the movie yeah. before discussing the movie in the podcast. Yeah. And she just kept texting me these song lyrics. I think I did. <laughs> if she was sitting next to me, she would have been singing the entire freaking time. Yep. So I'm pretty happy she watched it at home. Yeah, because I would have disturbed your movie watching with songs. Yeah. You would have. Yeah. So we just do it now for an hour. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. I, I can handle that. <laughs> um, but it was amazing. It's a yes. great movie. I would definitely recommend watching this with any of your friends yes. or your parents or your grandparents. Just go watch it. Yeah, I think it's... This is a movie that you can watch with your, your partner, uh, with friends, uh, alone, uh, with family. It's just like with your, with your mom or your grandma. It's just a, a movie that is like suitable for anyone, kind of. So basically what we're saying... Make everyone watch Dirty Dancing. And stop going to parties in Corona time. That's just definitely... Just stay the fuck at home yeah, oh and watch God. this movie. Yeah. Maybe watch all 80s movies and help us pick the next one. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, you should definitely pull up a poll next time, because I trust the people that voted. So we should just come up with a theme again? Yeah. And then you guys can vote? Yeah. Maybe monsters? The theme's gonna be monsters? Yes. Maybe? I love monster movies. She's doing a dance. Yes. Maybe you Am can Am I excited monster Her chair dance. is moving. Oh, sh sorry. I need to keep the studio completely, like, silent as possible. Don't wreck the place. Alright, so I think we can move on to our... 80s song recommendation. Do you want to go first? Yes, I do. Because it's also from the soundtrack of uh, Dirty Dancing. And it's Cry For Me by Solomon Burke. Which is one of the sexiest songs. And not just from the 80s. It's just one of the sexiest, most romantic, swoony type songs that you can possibly listen to. Like, honestly, if you put that on in the kitchen when you're with your date or even by yourself, you just sway your hips and just dance around. It's just a beautiful, beautiful song. I think your boyfriend's gonna laugh his ass off because you probably got him into bed once by playing this song. I haven't, but I should do that. Maybe he will do it now that he hears the podcast. Yeah, okay, Finn, get on it. And get on it. Get on it. <laughs> so my song is way different, not sexy at all. Um, so I thought it would be fun to share with you that when I finished Hades with building the place, I was opening up on the 1st of October. So what I did 
I kept collecting all these 80s memorabilia in the months before opening. Mm. It could be paintings, records, CDs, cassettes. When you come here, you'll see also, this is part of the collection. Um, but I also had all of these CDs that I would listen to while painting the place because mm. I didn't have internet yet. And I would just put on old school CDs. So on the way in the car to Haley's before opening up, I played The Final Countdown by Europe. <laughs> And when you start listening to this, you will not get it out of your head for no. a week. I apologize. <laughs> so now we're even. <laughs> it's so bad, but it just, it fired me up. So oh, I can imagine. That's perfect for that. Basically, when Johnny said, you can't do this, baby, and baby sent fire, mm. that's me playing yeah, the final countdown. So I maybe try this. it at some point. If you go to work or like go back to school in September... Just yeah. play the final countdown on your way there. Hell yeah, that's a really good that's a really good tip. I'm gonna do that when I go to work out or something, when I go exercise. It's a great exercise yeah. song. I don't exercise, Get I don't really know what it feels up. like, but <laughs> you tell me next time. I'll tell you next time so you can I can take you on the journey. Alright, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Pit and Leona for the Haley's Comet Breakfast Podcast, the second episode. Let us know what you think. If you want to be a guest or you have a movie recommendation, please let us know on our social media or, or on our email address, Haley's Comet Breakfast Podcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, and I think that's it for now, and we'll see you on the next one. See you next time. Bye. Thanks. Bye.